Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8 or 88, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. Positively different radio in the morning. You're with the Double L team, Lyle and... It's me, Liam. How are we this morning, Lyle? I, we are amazing this morning. It's great to hear. Great to hear. Good things are happening. Well, I said we, so that's us. I know. Are it's you, it's, are it's you, very are you, are you inclusive. Are amazing this morning as well? I'm doing pretty good, yeah. yeah Living the dream. Living the dream. What are you thankful for? I am thankful for friends to hang out with. I hung out with some friends last night, which is, you know, one of those things that we haven't been able to do for a long time. How long has it been since you've had a a small gathering? Well, I had a couple of of small gatherings, but this was a slightly larger than small gathering. It was uh, under the... um, under the you know the ten person rule, there was only the two of us li- visiting another home, where, with everybody that was in that home was a resident of that home, um, but there's there was a bunch of residents of that home, so I think there was maybe um, nine of us. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah, so seven people living in that home, and the two of us who went to visit, and yeah. Nicely done. It's yeah. good to be with people. It again. is. It is. You, it you is. don't realise how much you miss it until it is taken away. Believe me. <laughs> what, what, what are you thankful for, Liam? I am thankful for my plant. I've got a plant at home. And yesterday I went in to water it. And for the first time since I bought it, I just I stood back and I looked at it. And I thought, you know what? This thing's actually grown a little bit. And cool. I, was, I was pretty stoked. So you, you bought this thing or you inherited it or did you dig it up out of the ground? I bought this from Bunnings a couple of weeks ago. Um, sort of when, when the pandemic first started, I was like, I need something to, to, you know, focus on. Something else to focus on other than what's going on in the world. And this plant will, be, will do the job. What and is this plant? It's a succulent it's a succulent plant. Uh, I've also got a fern, but the fern hasn't really grown. But um, it's green and still alive, which is good. But the succulent, it has grown, which I'm very pleased about and I'm very happy about. So, happy days. So, does your plant have a name? My plant, ha- not yet. I just, okay. It's got two pigs with it, though. Yeah, there you um, go. So, yeah. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Before we get on to positive news, <laughs> I just thought we should... Um, you mentioned my plant and naming my plant. Do you have any suggestions for my plant? I will have to see a photo of your plant. Okay. And then we will discuss. Next week, I'll, I'll bring in a photo and good plant names for a succulent. If you've got a good plant name for a succulent, give us a call. You know our number. There's, there's, I've got this. Um, I've got this pot. And in this pot, it's got the succulent, the fern, and like a cactus thing. Um, the, the, the succulent has... has going off it's gone off um when i first got it i bumped it around a bit too much and five leaves fell off five little petal things and um i replanted them they haven't really done anything they haven't died mm-hmm. but they haven't really grown um but the place where one of them fell off a new sort of sprout has has sprouted and it is absolutely taking Very off cool. um so yeah i have a cactus yes and this cactus used to live on my front porch and it struggled when and did, did terribly. And because it was looking pretty, uh, my wife was going to throw it out. In fact, that's how it became my cactus. It was originally her cactus, and she was going to throw it out. And so I think she did actually throw it out, and I rescued it. Well, actually, I just put it in the shed. <laughs> I just put it in the shed, like in the dark, in the back of the shed behind, beside the drill press. And gave it a little bit of water? No. No. 
Nothing. Gave it absolutely nothing. Put it in the shed, in the dark, in the shed, beside the drill press where it catches the odd uh, piece of um, hot swarf off of the drill press. And it is absolutely going nuts. Thriving. It's been doing that for about three years now. Good on it. I never water it. I never look at it. Every now and then I open the door of the shed, gets a little bit of light coming in through the door of the shed, never gets direct sunlight. It uh, just cops continual abuse and it loves it. Does your cactus have a name? No. No. Well, maybe you can take a photo and bring it in and we can name it. All right, we'll... we'll, we'll <laughs> Next we'll week it'll be named. Name each other's... Name the cactus. <laughs> name the cactus. Okay, we do need to have some positive... Absolutely. Um, so last week you did a story about the... Uh, the you mentioned a story about elephants. And Love elephants. are my favourite animal ever. It was... The story, it was good, you know, about how they're, they're, they're not working, but they're being released so that they can go and find food. Yes. Some of that's that's like the, the elephants in zoos or stuff like that. Uh, oh, these, these, were, these were privately owned elephants used in the oh, tourism privately. industry. Well, not all privately owned elephants were released. No. Um, but a good chunk of them were. Yes. The other privately owned elephants that were not released, they the, the, the owners of those have come to an agreement with the local farmers that they would pay people to harvest the crop that is currently not being harvested and is starting to rot. Um, they would pay people to harvest that and bring it back for the elephants. So really, it's con- it's creating a continuous income of, of finances um, because I think they can get some fun- some uh, government funding or it's either government funding or um, charitable funding to ha- to help elephants um, from the the elephant association international i don't know exactly what it's called but some elephant thing yeah um so the, the, the elephant aid international that's what it's called so they can get funding for that to pay for the food and so yeah they're, they're still continuing to create positive uh, you know incomes from from these elephants which is great cool so the elephants will be there once the borders open we go back to thailand it's a win-win for everyone that's it yeah. this is in nepal actually oh, nepal. oh this, this okay. one's in nepal um so yeah in other news, though, in uh, there's a there's a dog that uh, was lost for two months, and has recently been reunited with his owner. Its name is Chips. Uh, it was a lost dog. It went missing in March on Black Friday, and in Toowoomba, and it was first noticed again in Blackbutt, which is 100 kilometres north. One month later, that's not a bad effort. It's not. Um, but this dog's not home. Only, not only to make that kind of distance, but to survive oh, that yeah, absolutely. as a domestic dog, it's done, done very well. But the reason why it got lost is, is it got let out of its gate, but it wasn't actually in its home. Its home is four hours away in Roma. Right. So, so it was visiting Toowoomba. It was visiting Toowoomba while its owner was in the Gold Coast getting surgery. Yes. Um, someone left the gate open. Someone dog's left the gate open. Dog went out. Found and 100 kilometers. North. Away, so it's kind north. of going the wrong direction, isn't it? Uh, oh, it should be going west rather than north. Yeah, so maybe it, it got. Maybe anyway, the GPS wasn't working that well, but anyway. No. Um, so it went that direction, and but yeah, it was fi- it was finally reunited um, with its family in Roma, four hours away this week after the RSPCA checked its microchip. So oh, man, this, when they checked that microchip, they would have been like, "Hang on, how did that dog <laughs> get here from Roma?" Um, so yeah, it, and I was just thinking about the story. Have you have you ever run away from home when you were younger? Did you ever run away from home? Well, I left home. You I ran away home. from home, never came back. Uh, kind of when, when I you was, were younger, younger, like when I was fifteen. But um, no, nah, not when I was a kid. No, I no, nah, not wasn't a kid. There was there was one time that I ran away from home. I um, 
<laughs> my brother Sean, if you're listening, you'll love this story. Um, I he was vacuuming, and I was trying to show him that we had a, a special vacuum cleaner that also had a spinny sweeper thing at the end of it, and I got him to put his fingers in it, and it tore his shredded his fingers, mm. and um, I felt very embarrassed and very so, very sad and very sorry, and I decided to run away, <laughs> and. Um, I don't, I can't, I think I might have packed a suitcase, but I didn't take, I don't know why, but I didn't take the suitcase. And I ran, I, I got further than the end of the driveway. Okay. But I didn't get past the end of the street. And what happened at the end of the street? What happened at the end of the street? Dad found me and um, I was trying to hide from a, from a, from behind a tree. But my dad, he's, a, he's an incredible driver. Um, so I try and do the, 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 the goose step thing where I, I, I'd, I'd try and step one way and, and then quickly run the other way. And he could just as quickly turn turn around at the car. He's a magician in the car. Um, and yeah, he, he I didn't end up getting away. Okay, so you you weren't you didn't have one of those parents that are like, oh, you want to run from home? Okay, let me pack you a sandwich. Oh no, he sort of like he was sort of letting me run away, yep. but he was following me. Right. So he was like, yeah, you can go, but you know, I'm coming with you. Sort of <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And um, you know, thinking back, he was like, oh. Thanks, Dad. Champion. Um, <laughs> but you know, right there. Uh, he he does all right. You know, he he does pretty well. Um, but you know, it got me thinking again. That, you know, that when when children get lost, their parents come looking for them. Yes. Uh, and there's a wonderful story in the Bible of uh, story of a lost sheep, which which very accurately represents this. And it's the story, the the sheep got lost, and the the shepherd, the, the parent, it came it came looking, and it found the sheep. Um, and it was one sheep out of a hundred. And um, that's what this next song is about, actually. This next song is called The 99, and it's by Andrew Peterson. So, uh, yeah, think about the lost sheep while you listen to this. And, um, yeah, enjoy. You're listening to Faith FM. That was lost 
Joe podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Well, we have somebody joining us in the studio this morning that we kind of haven't had for a while. I think we missed last month. I don't know what happened there, but Darren Pratt, welcome to the. Oh, hang whoa, on. whoa, 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 whoa! We switch his I microphone forgot, on. Forgot, yeah, okay. I forgot to push his button on. Yep. Go again. <laughs> yes, I don't know, Lyle. Good to be back. Call it COVID lockdown, wherever else. Yeah, <laughs> all that, all that, all that. We um, we weren't having people in the studio there for uh, quite a while during the. During the peak of the lockdown, but uh, Darren, we're super glad to have you back. And for those of you who uh, may be joining us for the first time, Darren is somebody who has dedicated pretty much his entire life to children's ministry. Love it. My passion. And uh, so he, he is our, our go-to expert on everything to do with children. I think last time you were here, we talked about... Um, I think we talked about going into lockdown before lockdown. Now we come to now we can talk about coming out of lockdown. But as we come about, as we talk about coming out of lockdown, just want to run this story past you. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a young family in Canberra, and so obviously lockdown happens. They're homeschooling because everybody suddenly became homeschoolers, and they part of that was they the the, the parents gave their um, kid their iPad, and so that he could use it for. His homeschooling, and he could unlock it. They installed his fingerprint on it. Yep. yep. So he can, you know, as put you his do. fingerprint as, yep. as you do, as you do. Anyway, uh, a month later, um, they're in the hole for eight thousand dollars that he spent on computer games. Unbelievable! How, <laughs> how do you do that with your fingerprint? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, how do you spend eight thousand dollars on computer games? Well, this is the question <laughs> they're asking. They did manage to once it went public and it went out on you know current affair and stuff like that. They did manage to get their money back. 
but how do how are there computer games out there that a kid would want to play that are going to cost you that kind of money? Unbelievable! My poor, poor credit, poor pair, poor parents' credit card bill. Oh yes, and of course they had an overdraft, and they were paying massive amounts of interest, and you know it had just gone complete. They didn't find out about it until the bank contacted them. Imagine that phone call. <laughs> so you know, when it comes to uh, yeah, that's right. When it comes to homeschooling, I guess you know there is there is this thing called uh, pencil and paper, and it's probably not such a bad invention. <laughs> it might be a little bit safer than um, giving someone access to your uh, to your finances. I mean, of course, the kid was like a year six student or something rather, and completely oblivious to the fact of that he was spending a lot of money. He was just in, enjoying himself. Just kept on clicking. I, I also think, though, it does highlight the need of parents to monitor their children's screen time. Wouldn't you agree, Darren? Oh, I've spent a whole session talking about screens, and as you know, I'm quite a passionate about the idea of um, parents um, removing screens from their children's lives. Um, especially now we're coming out of lockdown. Of course, we've had to have them for school in some ways, but... Um, even then, we need to make sure that we provide variety, balance, and moderation. And, um, yeah. Um, so are sh- our children suffering from square eyes right now? Oh, I think definitely, and there's probably good reason why that's happening in some ways, but now's the time to take back that parental control. I mean, as a Monday school is back, there's no reason for them to have their iPad or their iPhone 24-7. Um, I still advocate for children having not having smartphones. Um, you can get the old Nokia, um, whatever else. And you, can, and you can and you can make phone calls and stay in touch with your children just fine with the old Nokia, and the battery will stay charged for a week. And if you drop it, it won't break. <laughs> <laughs> that our bricks back then. You're absolutely. Right. <laughs> yeah. So um. So yeah. Um. And I think um. Yeah, there's a whole lot of things to learn from Cove to talk about shortly. But, yeah, definitely limiting, make sure your limits are back in place and um, those rules are back in place and um, that you know what your parents are Googling and don't allow screens, any sort of screen in the bedroom. Are children going to be suffering some form of withdrawal from going uh, from screens to real teachers? Well, definitely... um, if they've been gaming as this young guy, probably. Yeah, he's going to have some withdrawal, isn't he? Um, there's a whole lot of evidence around um, gaming and the addictive tendencies in the brain that, that it causes. And there's, there's definitely a diagnosis of screen gaming addiction is definitely a diagnosis these days. So you'll see all the common tantrum throwing and um, yelling and screaming and withdrawal and depression and all those things that anybody that's withdrawing will go through. And that's where I think spending time, getting them outdoors, getting that sun in onto them, um, all those sorts of things are going to help those kids to get back their, their sense of um, who they are. And yeah, so let's talk about that then. They're coming, out of, uh, they're coming out of lockdown. They're going from home, from screens to the school, the classroom environment. What kind of behaviours can, can we expect? And what are the best things that we can do to help our, our children to readjust? Well, it's going to be um, yeah, a sense of readjustment. Um, also, still with the kids came a sense of what's happened. Um, this is something they've never seen before. I mean, this it's is... It's something it's, a lot of us haven't seen before. Oh, definitely. Unless you've come through the Great Depression or the World Wars, and most of those people are now um, um, passed on. So um, this is our Great Depression. This is our Great Wars. This is 
9-11, if you put it that way. It's, it's a world-changing, life-changing event. So giving yourself and your children time to process that and to be a bit gentler on them as they process that is, is important. Um, but I think also making sure you get those routines back in place. Routines for biosecurity, so your meal times and your hobby times and your together time, um, parents and children, um, finding things you can do where you're alongside each other are important um, to allow your kids to process what's happening and to process the rapid changes that have happened over the last few weeks. Um, that needs to happen. Now, Darren, you work within a church context with children. Um, obviously, you're still restricted by the 10-person rule. Uh, schools are not restricted by that 10-person rule. Where's our, where's our safety level at right now? Uh, from you know, from your standpoint, and from you know the research that you're obviously able to to do as far as you know sending our kids to school, and or sending them to church programs right at this t- at this point. As in safety of um what's happening around. Yeah, yeah, with the virus. Yeah, the, the, well, in, in that Australia, we've we've done pretty well when you look at it. Um, we have. Um, number what number one in the world for testing, number four in the world for response. I think there that's, was two cases overnight, and um, that's Australia wide. And something like uh, thirty, forty, fifty thousand tests. Um, so, so that's a, a lot of testing and and a lot of coming back. But the virus is out there. Um, but I think um, following what the government says as far as um, the restrictions still go, and um, I think that's important. And still being aware, doing all the hand washing and social distancing, all those things are going to go okay. I think. I think we are okay so far. Um, I was expecting to see some sort of spike coming up now because of Mother's Day, but no, um, we all did pretty well. Australia has been pretty well Australians, Australians, I think we all deserve ourselves We've a bit of a pat on the on back. Um, and we all, while we pat ourselves on the back, we need to continue to keep our head on straight. Darren, you've been busy uh, during the lockdown producing online content for children. Um, and I've been seeing that come through my social media feed and so forth. Will that continue, and if so, for how long? We're just negotiating now about the second series. We we actually, um, King's Kids, we actually planned, filmed, edited, had the first episode out within a week. Yeah, I know. Um, this is incredible effort. Congratulations, Darren. That was just a fantastic effort. And so we've been juicing it every week now. And um, King's Kids, if you go and Google King's Kids or Google Abide Family Ministries or even just check out my Facebook um, or the conference website, um, Facebook, um, Faith FM, um, you'll find it there. Um, and it's a 28-minute program on based on a worldwide curriculum um, that kids right around the world are studying and, and we're um, working on that so yeah any idea how many um families have been interacting with king's kids well in the first week we had um the first weekend we had forty-seven thousand and a half hits forty-seven thousand and a half homes hit that that's mainly in australia um south pacific area um I haven't. That's just on the Facebook page. Not looking at the web hits, whatever else. But it's yep. huge. Yeah, um, that's massive. We've got reports coming from all over the world of people that are watching it and um, interacting with it. So, yeah, it's powerful. They're talking about the world's going to be a different place after the um, the C nineteen crisis is over. That it's going to change the way that we do things. Now that we've seen the impact of these kinds of programs, do you think that impact will continue at that same level, and therefore? Will our media content continue to be going out there? I think 
we've learnt a lot about technology. I'd love to have shares in Zoom right now. <laughs> we all. <laughs> um, yeah. everybody, everybody talks about Zoom and there's so many funny things that happen on Zoom. People don't realise that everybody can see you at home and yes. there's so many funny photos that have come out of what's happened in Zoom. Yes, um, yes. But, I, 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 yeah, technology... I think we can embrace technology and use it to our advantage, but don't let it rule us is, the, is what we need to look at. It, we need to rule it, but I think it's going to be very helpful. Um, I've been Zooming all over Australia and the South Pacific doing worships for schools and worships for churches and all sorts of things. Oh, we don't need to pay for damage travel anymore. We just Zoom in. So <laughs> I am yes, busier than ever. <laughs> normally, normally your Facebook is travelling north, yes. travelling south, travelling north. Going west. This is this is Darren's Facebook feed, and uh, I guess for the last couple of months, it's like zooming to here, zooming to there, zooming That's somewhere it. else. All my life's been zoom, 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 as I said. But um, yeah. Um, but what I want to say quickly also is that there's been so much learning for families out of this. Um, what time we got left? And I we got uh, we got like three minutes left. Oh, just quickly, I want to just one thing. Families are learning is that the fifties and sixties are back for families now. Right. What I mean by this is families have learned once again what it means to live slow, live local, and get to know your neighbour. Um, and these things are all very good for families. They're finding that families are now wanting local farm fresh produce grown as close to them as possible. In fact, the local nurseries have had a field day because everybody wants to plant a garden. Um, good friend of mine who's a nurseryman is completely sold out. Yeah. Like no stock on the shelf whatsoever at all. I had to plant my own seeds this year rather than buy plants because um, I just couldn't get them. So I've grown all my seedlings. <laughs> I have a garden the size of a, I guess, a normal house block is my veggie patch right now, my COVID-19 oh, veggie I'm patch. so jealous. Yeah. So, but Fam was discovering this. And also, I am also keep show poultry, as you know, and... Um, Family discovered the good old backyard laying hens again. So yeah, so Liam's family that he's living we, with, they we did got, exactly that. We got five chooks, yeah. During, um, during the C19 crisis, they, pick, they put in the chicken. chicken picked them up from, from Kurumbong. We uh, saw a suggestion on Darren's Facebook page to, to that there Back was a chooks. Oh, okay, chooks, there you go. And that's there where you we go. Got from so uh-huh. yeah, we went and got some chooks, and they've, we've been getting a couple of eggs every day. Yeah, cackleberry out there, they know what they're doing. But um, but yeah. Um, they're a lovely couple. But, yeah, I have sold out. I've had so many phone calls people wanting to buy chooks off me. I could have sold them 50 times over, just absolutely smashed with people wanting chooks. Um, so these are good things. It is. These are really, really positive things because chooks, they make fantastic pets. They eat all the bugs in your yard. They, um, they, 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 they lay eggs that you can eat and... They're, they're, they're just cool a good creatures. companion. They are, and they're easily trainable, I found. You know, you just get a little tin can with seeds and you know, rattle that tin can, man, you can convince a chook to do anything. I've just seen a yeah. video of, of someone that's hooked up a seed can to the back of a, an RC car and they're doing laps around the yard getting the chooks <laughs> chasing them. <laughs> I saw that. That, that, was, that was funny. They but also like- things like building forts and um, slow eating, cooking a meal, um, all those things create family values, create security, and I hope that they are here to stay post-COVID. Absolutely. So IKEA has been promoting this program of um, building a fort in Setting your living room. Setting out instructions. Sending out instructions. Oh, yeah. How to build a fort in your living room, you know, with blankets and pillows and towels, you know, that whole, that whole kind of thing we used to do as kids. And, of course, in the, in the uh, screen era, a lot of those skills and creativity has kind of been lost. Good to see it coming back. 
Yeah, we're building cubby houses and forts. I, was just, I posted um, something last week about the study on that in that this is a revival, but what it brings a sense of control and a sense of self to the children's lives just by doing that. Um, and the fact that, and they say they're leaving their screens to go and build the forts, which is fantastic. So, okay, so how do we keep this going? Well, I think um, we as parents need to model what that looks like and to, um, I think that parents have learned a lot too. Um, as I've said regularly, parents are the primary spiritual faith transmitters to our children. So I think um, look at what's happened in post-COVID, what you've learned, and let's um, embrace what is good. I hope that we don't go back to the busy hustle and bustle that was pre-COVID because it was killing families. Um, but be the mentor, be the example, love your kids, spend time with them. They will thank you for it and they will be better citizens because of it, happier, less depressed, less anxious. Um, it's all positive. It's almost, you know, it's almost disappointing that we've done so well in this country that we're leaving lockdown so soon because I kind of think if you, you know, if we'd have been locked down for a couple of years, it'd start to become our lifestyle. <laughs> Whereas the trap now, the danger now is just to fall back into the old rut. Well, the, the scientific studies say it takes six weeks to make or break a habit. We could talk about gamblers. I mean, gamblers are loving oh, it right yeah, now. Oh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I've got, uh, I've got a good friend who's a gambler and he's talking about coming to visit because he's got money for the first time in his life. Yeah, yeah, and I, I hope that they've learned from this. But, yeah, six weeks to make or break a habit. So it's crucial as you come out of um, COVID-19 lockdown to look at the good habits that you like out of this and, and protect them, maintain them, keep them. And you keep those habits. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing families happier, um, safer, um, and more spiritual connection coming out of this. That's what I'm looking forward to. I think that in studies to come down the track, we'll find that more kids are maintaining faith and keeping faith because of COVID-19. That's my prediction. Mm. Fantastic. Darren Pratt, thank you so much for joining us here on The Breakfast Show this morning. You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, question of the day. The question today is, does Acts 20 verses 7 and 8 indicate that the disciples kept Sunday as their day of worship. Okay, so this is a question that came to us uh, via the end.digital, and so we will be answering it in more detail, along with a couple of other questions that this individual had uh, this evening on our live program. Let's go through it very quickly right here. The Bible says in Acts 20 verse 7, on the first day of the week, that's Sunday, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them ready to, to, de ready to depart on the morrow and continued his speech until midnight. And there were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together. What you have here is actually uh, a very, very strong verse in favor of Saturday Sabbath rather than Sunday as a day of worship for the disciples. So let's go through the context as we have it. First of all, Paul it had been revealed to Paul in vision, in prophecy, I should say, that he would never see these people again. This would be his last visit to them. Uh, they love him deeply. He's turned up at uh, their place and they are having a worship service together. 
what is significant, and there and there are people who make uh, an issue over the fact that they were breaking bread. The term breaking bread, you know, people say, well, they're having communion. We do that on Sunday. That is our modern tradition today. Um, in ancient times, the concept of breaking bread was simply having a meal, and there the Bible is replete with examples of where the Bible says they broke bread. It had nothing to do with communion. They were just having a meal. And so what you've got here is an example of a fellowship lunch, dinner. Um, the other thing that is most significant about this particular passage is what part of the day is it? A day has two parts, a light part and a dark part. And which part of the day was this? Well, it was the dark part because the Bible says there were many lights in the upper chamber. Now, if it was the dark part of the day, and you've got to remember that Christians and Jewish people of that era kept the Sabbath and kept the day, they marked the day, from sunset to sunset. The reason they did that, of course, was that was uh, an easy way of getting an exact 24-hour period. Um, you don't have a clock. You don't have a timepiece. Your sundial is not going to work during the night. You're never going to know when the middle of the night is. Um, and so you can keep the day, as God told us to, from sunset to sunset. And so if this is the dark part of the day, and the day begins at sunset, then the first day of the week begins at sunset on Saturday night. All right, why don't you think, sink that in? Paul is seeing these people for the last time. They are gathered together on Saturday night. Why are they gathered together on Saturday night? Because he's joined them for their worship service during the day. And the Bible, rec the Bible speaks about the Saturday night meeting because here is a meeting in which somebody went to sleep in church, fell out the window, <laughs> died, and was resurrected. That is definitely worth recording. Um, Paul was kind of long-winded. Okay, so they've met together all day Sabbath. They've had fellowship dinner. They have like, well, Paul, you're here. We'll never see you again. Just keep preaching. The Bible says he preached until midnight. That's quite a long sermon. Mm. And Eutychus was sitting in the window. He fell out, fell down three stories and met his death at the bottom of that fall. Uh, a, a tragedy, a major tragedy takes place. Paul goes down, raises him back from the dead. They come back up and they have a praise service, as you can only imagine. They would after somebody has been resurrected. And then the Bible says that Paul keeps preaching until the sun comes up. So quite the sermon. And you can kind of see these people, they value Paul, they value his, uh, his, his influence on their lives. And as a result of that, they're trying to get as much out of them in this last meeting as they possibly can. And then what is even more significant is... Uh, verse 13, And we went before to ship and sailed to Assos. They're intending to take in Paul, for so he had appointed, minding himself to go on foot. And so the next day, which is now Sunday, and when the sun comes up, Paul walks to Assos. That's 27 kilometers. That's a decent day's walk by anyone's standard. And that's a really good example of how not to have a day of worship. So what you've got so he, is... He didn't sleep. No, he didn't sleep. The, 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 guy, was, the guy was a seriously tough dude, but he's, he's also... You don't do a 27-day hike on a day of worship. 